Welcome to the Monday edition of Couch Potato Diary. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for tuning in today. If you want to get a hold of the show, you can do that on Twitter. I am at PrimetimeKlein. Same thing goes for Instagram, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK. YouTube, you can search us. Just find Couch Potato Diary. I keep saying us. It's me. Uh, you can find me on YouTube as well at PrimetimeKlein1. Another one of those kind of rapid-fire types of days, as it's been a little bit hectic here over the last little bit. Unfortunately for me, Okotoks dog season coming to a close, uh, at least the regular season. I'm not on playoff duty. That is Gino DePauli as uh, Dogs Black look to defend the crown. So that has kind of taken up a lot of the time over the last little bit as well. Uh, if you're just following along on Twitter, you'll see working on a couple of other things too. So, um... Yeah, uh, a little bit busy, and it's going to be a little bit hectic around here over the next little bit as I go on vacation next week, but hoping to keep the podcasts coming, which means a lot of work in the next little bit, but you guys don't care about any of that. So, let's get into the sports stuff. Um, Let's start with the Toronto Blue Jays, as that momentum halted very quickly with a couple of losses over the weekend, or over the last week, I guess, to the LA Angels and the Seattle Mariners, and this is... The frustration of having to battle for these wild card spots and the frustration of the position that, quite frankly, the Blue Jays have put themselves in. They went on an unbelievable tear. The problem is, so did Oakland, so did New York. And now, when you fall off to just being average for a few games, those teams start to pull ahead. That is... The, again, frustration, but unfortunately for the Blue Jays, that is the reality. You have put yourself in a position where you can have no more dips. No, no dips. No, too too many, too many dips to start the season. Now, no dips. No dips can be allowed for this Blue Jays team. And unfortunately, there was one this week uh, with the uh, losing a series to the Seattle Mariners after dropping a couple to the LA Angels, a couple of teams that they should beat. And now they go into a series with the Washington Nationals, again, a team they should beat. And you are at a point with this Toronto team that you just, you can't afford bad losses. And I, I would categorize losses to Seattle and losses, uh, losses to the Angels as bad losses. You are going to lose games. that That's going to happen. But you can't be dropping series to those teams. And that's where I think the Blue Jays kind of get into a little bit of trouble. But I still think that this is the best team in this race. I still think this is a team that sets up with a very favorable schedule the rest of the way. So I don't think it is time to panic with the Blue Jays, but it just shows you how fine of a line this team is walking right now because of the bullpen issues that they had in the beginning of the season and the injury issues that they had at the beginning of the season, where if you take a week off, it all of a sudden seems like a much more daunting climb. And a lot of that work that you put in to try to get back on top it kind of goes away. So this is a team that kind of has to uh, sustain that level of a run the whole way because otherwise you turn into the Mets and that was a terrible weekend for the New York Mets and the American League East continues to be the most fascinating race in all of baseball. So fascinating. My voice just dropped out there for a sec. Um, But holy crap. And just listening to um, different media outlets in New York, the panic is real. For this Mets team, there's no DeGrom, there's no Lindor right now. They don't care. They are firing everyone out in Queens right now. And 
I I don't really know if I blame them. You, you can't. I, I get that the injury issues were very severe for this team at the beginning of the season, and they were able to just kind of truck along. And those are the things that you can do when you spend the amount of money that the Mets do. But now that you are missing your two top players, you, you can't really cry poor on that. A, because you go out and get Javi Baez at the deadline. But B, you spend all of that money. You kind of do that so that if a couple of your star players aren't at the peak of their powers you can sustain those losses and the Mets haven't been able to. I think the good thing for them when we compare that situation to what the Blue Jays are going through right now, the Blue Jays are battling with teams that are very, very good. And I would suggest the Mets aren't doing that. The problem for the Mets is that their schedule the next week or 10 days is daunting. They are coming up. It's basically... They alternate between the Dodgers and the Giants, uh, and now they are heading out on the road, I believe, to start their series with the uh, the San Francisco Giants. It is quite the task. They are facing basically the two best teams in the National League 10 games in a row, and if they go 8-2 and two of those games, it, it starts to get a little bit concerning, especially if the Braves or if the Phillies are able to get hot, but this is another one of those situations. I just look at the Mets as the better team in this scenario. And I, I don't view the Braves or the Phillies as a team that's going to, or as teams that are going to just put the Mets in the rear view and off they go. The issue for these teams is they don't have the safety net of the wild card because that's not going anywhere. Although the Padres starting to fall off a little bit and the Cincinnati Reds creeping up, they might want to make the wild card race a little bit interesting. Uh, I'm not going to take it too seriously, much like I'm, I'm not really taking the Phillies all that seriously, and I'm not super taking the Braves all that seriously. They are in third place in the National League East right now, but I still view this as the New York Mets division to lose. But overall, we talked about it a bit last week. Baseball is in a fantastic spot right now. Um, there, there is just so much positive buzz coming off of that Field of Dreams game that they have. You have a pitcher in his big league debut or his, his first big league start throw a no-hitter. It, it just feels like there is positive momentum for Major League Baseball right now, and it, it's kind of hitting at the right time because this is when you want people talking about your sport instead of 10 hours of NFL coverage. You know there's going to be NFL preseason coverage, but can you work your way into those headlines? And right now, baseball's doing a pretty good job of working their way into those headlines. Although I do think um, if you got Rob Manfred on some truth serum, I think he would kind of like it if the Mets and the Yankees were a little bit more involved. Because right now, like you have the Mets and the Yankees in the storylines, but we're setting up for a postseason where it's a lot of Tampa Bay, Oakland, the Milwaukee Brewers. Like, there, there's, a, there's a lot of not big market teams being involved in this right now. And I think going into, or coming off of, I guess, the, the season that they had where everything that happened in the world happened, I think they would much rather a Yankees-Dodgers World Series after a Dodgers-Mets National League Championship Series and a Yankees-Red Sox National League Championship Series or a Yankees-White Sox American League Championship Series. I, I think they would prefer that to, hey, look at this, it's the Blue Jays and the Brewers in the World Series. I, I think they would like that, but they'll, they'll, they'll get to that point when they get to that point. As for right now, though, things are going really, really well in Major League Baseball. My official um, NFL preseason update as we get ready for a, a bit of a break here. Don't 
read too much into NFL preseason games. Yes, Justin Fields is very athletic. Um, that was against the B team. Like there's just there isn't a whole lot to read into this. We're seeing more and more these players just aren't playing preseason games just in general. So I would not. Again, I just I wouldn't. Don't don't read too much into NFL preseason anything because there's just very little actual valuable information that we can acquire during this stretch for the National Football League. It's fun to have those games back. Eh, don't read too much into them. Just watch them and enjoy. The music that you hear on Couch Potato Diary is provided by Wasted Talent. You can find them on Instagram at Wasted Talent with X's where the A's would be and find their producer on Instagram at Tommy Fresh Music. Coming off of a CFL weekend, if you're looking for Lions Stampeders talk, that happened on the show on Friday. We're going to have more CFL content coming up this week. We've got a couple of big boys coming on to chat some Canadian Football League. So looking forward to that, but just kind of want to, again, rapid fire a few things going on in the Canadian Football League right now. There is panic in the province that I am sitting in right now because you have the Stamps who have played two home games. You've had the Elks who have played two home games. Almost screwed that one up, but didn't, so go me. And there have been no home wins in this province at uh, at all this season. I still think there needs to be more panic in Calgary than there does in Edmonton because I, I view Edmonton as a better football team than the Calgary Stampeders. That, that's kind of where I'm at. And I understand... A, I understand that a truck just drove by. It's been a billion degrees in Calgary for the last little bit, and it's finally not that for a second, so I have the windows open. I'm not going to apologize for that, nor am I going to edit that out, because um, quite frankly, I want to play Xbox here in a bit. <laughs> Your boy just got a 360 again, and I've been missing my NCAA football stuff. Anyway, back to the CFL. Um... The, the panic, I think, is a bit more real in Calgary than it is in Edmonton. A, you have a potential injury issue with Bo Levi Mitchell, who hasn't been super-duper healthy the last couple of seasons in the, the CFL, and you were kind of hoping a year and a half off would help that, and apparently it hasn't. So that's mildly concerning. And I get that the Stamps have done it before, and there's a bit more of a proven track record with this version of the Calgary Stampeders, or at least with, as we talked about the other day, some of the pieces on this version of the Calgary Stampeders. Um, because there's a lot of unproven talent around the extremely proven talent in Calgary. And I don't think you can just accept that, oh, well, it's going to be fine because it's always been fine in Calgary because I don't think that's necessarily the case. In Edmonton, I think they are a good team that has gotten off to a bad start. I think the same thing for Hamilton. And I think a lot of the panic that we are seeing out of these organizations is, is just, it, it is wildly premature. I think I think Hamilton's going to be fine out east. You, you look at the, the playoff spots right now, and there could potentially be some form of a crossover, but Montreal looked real good. Toronto looked good until they didn't. But I, I still think at the peak of their powers, Hamilton is better than both of those teams. And then after that, like, Ottawa gets the win against Edmonton, but eh, I'm, not, I'm not taking that one even remotely seriously. But I, I think for, for people to be freaking out about the Ticats and for people to be freaking out about the Edmonton Elks, it's just too early. Again, I get that there are only now 12 games remaining. These would still be preseason games in a normal year. And this certainly is not a normal year. So I, I think to overreact to any of this, like to, to bench Jeremiah Masoli after two weeks is asinine to me. We're getting a little bit closer, but I, I would not be doing it. And to make any drastic changes in Edmonton when 
they are on their third coach of the last two seasons. I, I don't think you want to do that either. So I, I think that, I mean, for sure, like adjustments need to be made and all of that. But I, I think, I think any kind of panic with teams that were projected to be good teams, it, it's just too early for that. I know it's frustrating because there's only 12 games left, but it is just too early for that. Now, Winnipeg and Saskatchewan have been able to take advantage of this because now you look at it, they are two games clear of Calgary and Edmonton. And I know I'm kind of speaking out of both sides of my mouth here, but you move two games clear of Calgary and Edmonton. By the time, if they're able to catch up right away, there is still half a season left to battle it out. Like they, they have, um, I, I believe Craig Dickinson said something about like putting money in the bank or something like that. that that's what they have done. And Saskatchewan and Winnipeg both looking, I, I think, pretty impressive. Clearly, Saskatchewan able to make, again, the key word coming out of week two, and it's going to be the key word for a while, able to make those adjustments. I thought they looked fantastic against Hamilton. I, I really, really liked what I was able to see from Saskatchewan in that game. And for Winnipeg, like they, they've just shown over the last two weeks that they are one of the top teams in the CFL. So uh, I think you have to feel very, very good about that particular, um, what would be a Labor Day rivalry. And looking forward to those games, I know it's kind of creeping up on the schedule already as the, this entire summer just flies by. But... I think that Saskatchewan and Winnipeg both have very good, I'm not breaking news here, but they both have a lot of reason for optimism. In Toronto, I, from the beginning, and I wasn't at Toronto camp, had no access to Toronto camp, wouldn't have wanted to go even if I could have, I don't think. Ah, that's not true. I've never really covered a training camp before, so I think it would have been neat. Either way, rambling now. The McLeod-Bethel-Thompson thing, where he starts over Nick Arbuckle, I didn't get that at all. I think we know what McLeod Bethel Thompson is. We, we know he is an average quarterback. And we saw over this weekend, average quarterbacks get average results. We don't know what Arbuckle is. And I, I can understand, I guess I understand from a, a Toronto perspective, you have all of this talent around um, McLeod Bethel Thompson. You're just asking him to not screw it up, right? Like that. that's basically what you are. You are asking him to Alex Smith this whole thing. And he did in one game and couldn't in the other one. With Arbuckle, you don't know if he is capable of not screwing it up. You are hoping that he won't lose you games, but there is an opportunity that he can win you some games. It's There is a lot of unknown when you are surrounding that roster with, or surrounding that quarterback with that roster. And that's why I always thought it was quite interesting that they went with the, the quarterback choices that they did. Not that there's a ton of available proven quarterbacks in the CFL right now. I'm not a Matt Nichols guy even a little bit, but I feel like he's kind of better at what they were hoping McLeod Bethel Thompson could do. And I, I think the, the mindset in Toronto, if you want to compare those two, is that, well, maybe there's a bit more of a higher upside for MBT than there is for Matt Nichols. And I just don't think it's there. I, I, think, I think we now have established that he is just an average CFL quarterback. I like the idea of going with Arbuckle because I think that ceiling is quite a bit higher. The issue is, if it doesn't work, what do you do now if you are the Toronto Argonauts from a quarterbacking perspective? I, I find this Toronto team incredibly fascinating. Like I said at the beginning of the season, plus 850 to win the Great Cup might look like the easiest money that one could find, but they are still going to have to work for it. And the, the quarterback battle makes that all the more interesting for things with the Argos. 
told you it's gonna be a quick one today. It's a quick one today. That's going to do it for the show. Thank you all very much. Please remember, rate, review, subscribe wherever possible. And you can find me, Twitter and Instagram, at PrimetimeKlein, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK. I know I said I'm going on holidays, but I might try to work in a few wrestling video game things here as the, the wrestling world is certainly picking up. As far as the show is concerned, over the next week, it is very busy times around here, but we are still going to try to do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and continue that into next week as well. Have a lot of things planned for the show. Some stuff I'm very, very excited. I mean, all of it stuff I'm excited about. I wouldn't do anything if I wasn't excited. I don't like book a show and be like, eh, yeah, this will be okay. I, I, I'm in control, so I get to not have that happen. So either way, uh, thank you so much for downloading and for supporting the show, and I will talk to you guys later this week.